Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station for the Inner Life at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hi again, everyone. I'm Chuck Neff. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction, coming to you every weekday to give you a little bit of help and a little bit of hope on your journey of faith. And today we're going to talk about Eucharistic adoration, spending time with our Lord in front of the Blessed Sacrament. It is Jesus himself we adore in adoration, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus himself. Now, the truth is, A lot of Catholics don't believe that, but a lot of others, myself included, do believe it. Uh, But what about you? Has adoration of Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament made a difference in your life? I suspect it has, and we'd love to hear about it. And we're going to talk about that today, here to help us on the journey. Back with us once again, Father Dave Heaney. Father Dave is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California. His uh, latest book, by the way, Luke 10 Leadership, How to Succeed in Parish Ministry. That's a book on parish leadership published by Ave Maria Press. Father Dave Heaney, welcome back. A pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you, Chuck. Always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love talking about adoration. Uh, Mm -hmm. Looking forward to our conversation today, as we do every day. We'll open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join us. Your experience of adoration. We'd love to hear the story, and we'll get the phone lines open here in just a moment. But, um, Father Dave, get us started, and I I guess uh, maybe just a bit of an overview in terms of what are we talking about when we talk about uh, Eucharistic adoration. But then I guess maybe the other question is, why should we spend time in front of our Lord in the Eucharist? Well, you can think about it as uh, our whole goal in life, our whole goal in our faith is to meet the Lord. And we can do that in a number of ways. You can close your eyes and imagine him and think about him. You can see statues and photographs, or not photographs, but pictures of our Lord. Uh, And then, of course, the most powerful way is, is to meet him personally. Now, obviously, the personal is more impactful than just thinking about or seeing a picture. Eucharistic presence is is more than a memory or a photo or a picture. It's less than the physical person of Jesus of Nazareth, but it's still it's something that Jesus asks us to do. So the Eucharist is something that we can see and feel and taste, and so it has a little bit higher of that impact of presence that is the whole goal of our faith. And, uh, you know, we have it at Mass, so we have a minor adoration moment at Mass, not a minor, but a brief adoration moment, when the priest elevates the host and elevates the chalice. And there's a reason for that elevation, and it's precisely so that people can see. You know, it harkens back to the time when the, back in the days when the priest was back to the uh, people, and uh, the consecration would occur in a way that the people couldn't see, so he would elevate the host that everyone could adore. And that was a an elevation, it was just a few seconds, but it was such a powerful time at the Mass that 
the custom began to ring the bell so that everyone would know this is the moment to look up and to see. Not just to know that the priest is doing this, but to see for yourself. So adoration is really kind of an extended period of that elevation that happens at Mass. And it is for the purpose of appealing to our senses much more than just thinking about or seeing a a picture, but to see the Eucharist as Jesus intended us to see it. You know, he's the one who invented the sacrament, and he wants us to experience it in a way that's it's very human by by looking at it and seeing it. So adoration is deeply connected to the Mass uh, because it comes from the Eucharist, and it just has that more heightened uh, event. If I could just give another example, Chuck. Sure. You know, um, you, you, know you frequently uh, often mention your, your wife and just the beautiful ways that your relationship has grown over the years and especially in terms of faith. So, you know, you you can think about your wife. You can look at a picture of her. Um, and uh, But there's times when you, you know, maybe go to a special restaurant together. So you're, you're married the entire time before and after the restaurant. But at the time at the restaurant, when you're in a very special place, uh, your relationship is just is experienced in a more heightened way. You're just more aware of it. You have a heightened sense of it. It just impacts you much more powerfully. I think that's what adoration is. Uh, God is with us all the time. Our Lord walks with us all the time. I will always be with you until the end of the world. But he invites us to have these special moments uh, of adoration where just the presence of our Lord is just in a, in a more heightened sense. Jesus is appealing to our human nature. He knows who we are. And we know that our relationships... Uh, uh, can have time, times of kind of ordinariness and times of specialness. And so that's what adoration is, to carve out some time of the day for this kind of heightened, special sense of the presence of the Lord. Father Dave Heaney, our spiritual director, talking about adoration today. That's really a, a, a very insightful image, uh, Father Dave. Uh, I mean, after all these years of being married to a pretty cute lady, I'm still really crazy about her, to be honest with you. But there are times, and I can tell you this, I don't know about uh, you know other husbands and wives, but there are times when I can just sit across the room or I can be in the same room with her and look at, at, at her and just... Um, acknowledge how special she is in my life and how grateful I am for her. And again, no words are spoken. It's just a gaze. It's just being in the presence. And that's suddenly such a great image for me. Thank you. You're welcome. And I think, you know, I think you said it well. Some, you know, it's not so much that you're examining or, uh, you know, uh, uh, doing anything else except, like you said, just looking at her and appreciating her for who she is. And uh, I think, uh, you know, there's the famous story of, I can't remember where this story comes. Maybe one of our callers could call in and let us know because it's a very famous story where someone's sitting in the back of the church during adoration and someone comes up to him and says, you know, what are you doing here during adoration? What do you do during adoration? And the person says, well, I just sit here, I look at the Lord, and the Lord looks at me. And that's it. And that was enough for him. And just to be in the presence of the Lord in that very, very special way, uh, just that, look, just looking at the loved one, looking at the one who is treasured. Uh, so, you know, I think so much about marriage is a parallel to our faith. Maybe that's why God invented marriage, so that we would have a way of understanding how to uh, to relate to him. And surely, 
the example that you just gave about being in the house with your wife really is a very perfect parallel to what happens in adoration. Yeah. I actually know that story with St. John Vianney. Okay. One of my favorite saints, and he he would tell the story about one of his parishioners, and oh. uh, and uh, John Vianney would spend hours and hours and hours in the confessional. But there was one parishioner that would come in, and he'd just sit in the back of church, and finally mm-hmm. he asked him, "So, what are you doing here?" He says, "Well, I'm just looking at the Lord, and the Lord's looking at me." Beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, really. It's a, it's such a, a great, great image. And uh, if you're just joining us, Father Dave Heaney is our spiritual director talking about adoration. And let's open up our phone lines, inviting you and our listening audience to join us. Toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149, our email address, life at relevantradio.com. And as you think about uh, your faith journey, adoration, what's been your experience of Eucharistic adoration? When have you come to know Jesus himself? In adoration. Toll free phone number 888-914-9149. And um, so, uh, Father Dave, some people might say, well, gosh, just isn't it good enough for me just to be in God's presence? Uh, he's around us all the time. Isn't that enough? Well, we, we appreciate every moment uh, that we recognize that God is with us. So uh, I don't want to put them in terms of priority or importance. Uh, you know, the, I mean, how did Jesus leave the world? How did he? What did he say when he ascended into heaven and left the apostles there on that Mount of Olives? He said, "I will be with you until the ends of the earth, until the ends of the world." I mean, that that is, you know, a, pe- a person's last words are pretty important. And so, when Jesus says that, that's very, very powerful. So, there's never a time that we are alone, and we recognize that. Just like in marriage, you know, you know, you get married on a certain day. You're married every single day afterwards. I mean, you know, you're you're married all the time, but there are times when a marital relationship just becomes more vivid, if you will, uh, more uh, present, more impactful. You just notice it more. It could be birthdays or anniversaries. Um, it could be just a magic moment when you bump into each other in the hallway or, you, you know, something that she says, something that you say. Because we're human beings, we don't live on a natural high the entire time. Relationships have rhythms. We, there's times when they're kind of low energy and times when they're, they're really sparked up high. So that's the way we can understand all these different ways that God is present to us, sometimes in a very kind of low murmur <laughs> Uh, as we're going about the business of our day. Sometimes you might see a billboard or you see someone else wearing a crucifix that will remind you of our of our Lord and our faith. Okay, that's a moment of heightened intensity. Um, the Mass is certainly, you know, doesn't happen 24 hours a day. It just happens at certain times at certain places where you are attuned to be present, to be, to open your heart and your mind to receive the Eucharist and the Scriptures and the homily and the fellowship of your community. And adoration really is, uh, you know, we had a 24-hour adoration chapel in my former parish. parish. We had almost, over a 10-year period, over almost a million people open that wow. door and go inside for a little bit because they would sign their name if they wanted. So just adding up the people who signed their name came to almost a million. It really was really an extraordinary, uh, I used to call it the spiritual engine of our parish, um, so uh, you know we're not discount. We're not saying that God is only present in the adoration. God is present everywhere, but just think of it in terms of rising levels of of uh, presence, rising levels of awareness. Uh, 
There's the, there's the 24-hour presence that God has with you all the time. There's the times when you read a passage, when you spend time in prayer, when you see something spiritual, uh, certainly the Mass, uh, something you might see on TV. And then, you know, there's just these moments of adoration where our Lord is in this very, very vivid, brightly decorated monstrance, which is the name for that uh, usually a gold-colored uh, display uh, object that demonstrates or monstrates or shows the Eucharist. And that's just a higher, just a very different, let's say, um, way of recognizing the presence of God in the world, the presence of our yeah. Lord in the world, and the way that he designed in the Eucharist. So, um, yes, it is It is a very valid, a very powerful, a very important, and I will say a spiritual practice that people find extremely helpful. Father Dave Heaney, our spiritual director, uh, today talking about Eucharistic adoration. Let's take a phone call. Nancy, listening in Sacramento. Thank you for the call, and it's uh, nice to have you on the program today. Okay. Mine is kind of an opposite view. I'm homebound. I cannot get out or go to church at all um, for various reasons physically. And uh, anyway, I, I cannot get out, even though we haven't had Mass regularly. But I feel very... <sighs> sad that I cannot get to an adoration, and I just wonder, trying to make, I try to talk to Jesus as much as I can, but it's just not the same, and how can I make, you know, make up the difference, maybe, of not being able to get to adoration? Well, thank you, Nancy. I mean, certainly that's been a very common experience for almost a year now, as, uh, you know, people have uh, stayed home sheltered at home and everything. So, Nancy, I would just say that, you know, you just want to feel good about the experiences that you can have. Uh, and, you know, we just have to wait and be patient for the experiences that we cannot have now. So don't discount the prayer that you have. Don't, uh, you know, think uh, less of it. Uh, you sound like a beautiful person. You sound like a person that really, you know, yearns and hungers for this physical presence. It will come back soon. It'll come back. It's not going to last forever, these shutdowns. Uh, but some things we can have and some things we can't. You know, there were there were times when um, back in our church history when mass was not allowed. You know, in Revolutionary War France, you know, in the Soviet Union, in Communist China, Cuba, you know, so... People around the world and through history have had times when they, they were not able to practice their faith the way they want. So that helps us uh, appreciate it more. We, rec we recognize what we have when we are able to do these things, and we recognize how difficult it is uh, when we are not. You know, we're coming up to Lent here uh, in, a, in a few days, a week and a half or so. And Lent is a time to, you know, kind of give things up, perhaps to you know, recognize, uh, to have a new, a renewed appreciation for them when we can return to them. Uh, so all the decorations and the music at Mass are muted, uh, unlike the rest of the year. And that's just to remind us that uh, there is a rhythm to our life. Sometimes we have everything that we want in our faith, and sometimes we don't. So Nancy, this is a time when you're not able to experience adoration. Adoration chapels are, I think, mostly closed now. They'll open soon. So just uh, pay attention to that yearning in your heart. Perhaps this absence will make the heart go, fond go fonder and, um, and just uh, have hope for the future that will be there soon. So you 
you know, you do have prayer, you have the rosary, you have whatever you can watch on the internet or TV. Uh, we don't have that physical presence of adoration yet. And, and maybe this loss uh, will just help us to appreciate it more when we can return. Yeah, yeah Nancy, a great question. Thanks uh, for joining us. And uh, maybe the point to make here, Father Dave, she's not alone, is she? Yeah, no. In terms I mean, of uh, yearning and longing for the Eucharist and not being able to get there because of everything that's going on these uh, these days. Because sometimes I think we get into this situation and we're homebound for whatever reason, can't get out uh, for whatever reason. We think we're alone and we're not. Right. Many, many people yeah. in that same boat. Yeah. Nancy, God bless you. Thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, real quick update on the pledge drive last week. Gosh, another incredible outpouring of support, generosity from you and our listening audience. We're pretty upfront in letting you know we have a need. It's not a goal. It's really a need to stay on the air wherever you're listening. And that need um, every uh, every three months is uh, $2.7 million. And we were pretty upfront about that last week. But uh, just want to let you know that uh, almost 14,000 of you said yes to our invitation to make a donation. And uh, as of um, a few hours ago, we were uh, quickly approaching $2.9 million. Just another incredible outpouring of support. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity and all you do, uh, certainly for your financial support, your prayer support, just taking time to listen um, and uh, be part of our Relevant Radio family. But just uh, from all of us at Relevant Radio, thank you so, so much uh, for your incredible generosity last week. We do uh, we do appreciate it so very much. We are talking today about Eucharistic adoration. And um, if you'd like to join us on the program, uh, what's your experience of adoration? When have you come to know Jesus himself in Eucharistic adoration? Father Dave Heaney is our spiritual director. If you'd like to join us, toll-free phone number 888-914-9149, our email address, com. Stay with us. We'll be right back. More of your phone calls. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is today's Gospel reading from the New American Bible. Mark, chapter 6, verses 53 through 56. After making the crossing to the other side of the sea, Jesus and his disciples came to land at Gennesaret and tied up there. As they were leaving the boat, people immediately recognized him. They scurried about the surrounding country and began to bring in the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was. Whatever villages or towns or countryside he entered, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch only the tassel on his cloak, and as many as touched it were healed. You can find all the daily readings at relevantradio.com gospel or tap the prayer tab on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 
1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us on The Inner Life. I'm Chuck Nath, along with our producer, Nick Schmitz. Patrick Alog is answering your phone calls today. Father Dave Heaney, our spiritual director. Father Dave, one of our regular contributors, pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California, that in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, talking today about uh, Eucharistic adoration. Phone lines are open if you'd like to join us. Toll-free number 888-914-9149, our email address, life at relevantradio.com. But uh, Eucharistic adoration, what's been your experience of adoration? When have you come to know Jesus himself uh, in adoration? Again, toll-free if you'd like to join us, 888-914-9149. Uh, Father Dave, lots of phone calls. Um, we'll get to those. But I do, I have a question. I'm When I think about Eucharistic adoration, our chapel, by the way, has been open 20 years, 24 yeah. hours, uh, seven days a week, and obviously uh, winter weather and a little bit for the uh, during the pandemic, we've uh, it was closed. But uh, gosh, uh, we've had seven or eight young men called to the priesthood. It was open mm-hmm. to pray for vocations. And uh, prior to that, uh, about 40 plus years of a parish uh, in the parish, uh, we didn't have even one young man even entertain going to the seminary, much mm-hmm. less becoming a priest. Open the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel to pray for vocations. And um, still counting, and we're up to it. Uh, probably around eight young men have entered uh, the priesthood. Wow. I, yeah, and I don't know how many young women have entered religious life. But, I mean, it's That's just amazing. been amazing, absolutely amazing. So, but And then, you know, obviously, I mean, if you look at, the, look at the polls, I mean, there's a lot of Catholics who don't believe in the real presence of Christ in, in the Eucharist. And so uh, maybe we'll talk about that a, a little bit in terms of for somebody who might not believe that uh, Christ is present in the Eucharist, what would you say to them? But I'm always so amazed at the saints. Mm-hmm. And I ask my question, myself this question all the time. What did the saints know that we don't know? Well, you know, the saints are people who live their life very, very visibly and practically each and every day. It was, it was, it was their life. It's what they did. So they had a really high appreciation for really the public nature, the visible nature of our faith, that our faith is something that is that other people can see. They can see what you are doing. And so I think perhaps they have – that has enabled them to have a higher appreciation for the visibleness of the Eucharist, that the Eucharist really is a way of showing that, that our faith is meant to be seen and felt and touched and, and visible. Uh, that's why we have the elevation of the host at Mass and adoration. So perhaps they are a little bit more attuned to how important that sense of adoration is uh, to be in the physical presence of the Eucharist. And so they are – they are drawn. They are drawn to it. Um, you know, I think one saint that uh, always had a huge impact on my life was uh, uh, John Paul II. Hmm. He was. Uh, he became pope. I was ordained really just a few months when he became pope. I was a po- I was ordained that famous year of three popes. I was ordained under Paul the sixth, then John Paul one, and then. John Paul II in 1978. So I was kind of highly attuned to this particular pope. He was the first non-Italian pope in a long time and a, a tremendous intellectual, a man of profound courage who just faced down the Communist Union uh, in an in a incredibly courageous way. 
But I became really aware of how much he, um, his work output, you know, his homilies, his sermons, the many books that he wrote. Uh, I used to read the uh, Vatican newspaper every uh, every week when it came out, and there were just huge articles that he would write. I, I was just amazed at how much work output he made, encyclicals, letters, homilies, messages. <clears throat> and then I read a biography of Pope St. John Paul II, and I, I discovered in this reading his biography that he spent the first six hours of every day in adoration. He would get up at five, go right to adoration, stop for mass, a brief 20-minute breakfast, and then back into the adoration chapel to like 11 or 11.30. So he would spend the almost the entire first part of the day in adoration. And then I think mm. what, what happened is because he had spent so many hours in adoration that he just became completely attuned to whatever you know prayerful topic he was thinking of, so that when he came out, he could just, you know, it could just flow out of him into all these articles and sermons and letters and messages and things. It just kind of flowed out of him because he had spent so much time in prayer. Now, that was an important message for me because, you know, one of the most common things I would hear from people, and sometimes I would be guilty of this myself, is say, well, I, I don't have the time, you know. I, I, I don't have the time for this. I don't have the time for adoration I, because I got so much going on. Well, here's a guy that spent five or six hours every single day in adoration, and his work output far eclipsed <laughs> anything that I ever did. So it really put into context this idea of time. You know, we all have the same 24 hours. Nobody has more or less 24 hours than anyone else. And so how we use that time is, is really uh, the, the key, not how much time you have, but how you use it. So I think that that story of John Paul spending so much time in the Adoration Chapel that when he came out, I think what happened is uh, he was so infused with spirituality that when he came out, the words just poured out of him onto all these uh, articles. There's a famous story where um, people were looking for him, and uh, they said, well, and of course they said, well, if you can't find him in his office, check the chapel, because that's where he would be. <laughs> and they went in there to look for him, and they didn't see him. So they checked his office, they checked his room, they checked the chapel, they couldn't find him. Then when they checked the chapel again, they realized they didn't see him the first time because he was actually laying on the floor, prostrate, in front of the, uh, the, in front of the Eucharist. Uh, that's how humble he was, and that's how graphic and how personal his faith was. He, with his body, he was expressing his adoration by literally laying prostrate flat on the, on the ground. This is a man who traveled the world stage, uh, you know, had these masses with five, six million people in different places, faced down the Soviet Union, uh, a man of tremendous accomplishments. And maybe we can, we can lay all these accomplishments, their source, where that energy, where the knowledge, where the insights came from, was how he started the day in all those hours of adoration. Yeah. Father Dave Heaney, our spiritual director, talking about Eucharistic adoration on the inner life today. Let's uh, head back to the phones in uh, Queens, New York, and Nancy. Hello, Nancy. Uh, thanks uh, for waiting, and welcome to the inner life today. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I'm home a lot, and 
I can get out, though, when they have Eucharistic adoration in the church, but I want to say sometimes I don't feel like he's listening or he's looking at me. I'm asking always for a sign for something. I don't know. I know the hard, these are hard times for everybody now, you know, being in, being isolated. But I pray all day to give me confidence, and I want to surrender to everything that he does in my life. The surrender prayer, let go, let God. I do it constantly, and sometimes I have this fear inside of me that he doesn't hear me because he's not giving me a sign. I want him to still give me a sign, even though I'm keeping company, looking at him. I want him to do something, say, Nancy, this is what I want you to do. Now I'm going to court next month probably, and I'm afraid that he will not give me signs. I won't be able to do something that I have to do, and I want him to be give me confidence in myself. That's what I want. Well, you know, your your message reminded me, uh, when I was a little kid, um, one of my f- earliest memories of being in church was looking at a statue. And, of course, I was a little kid. You know, I was the son of a scientist. I questioned everything. And I remember looking at that statue and saying, privately in prayer, Lord, if you're really there, let me know and just make that statue move. Just a little finger. Not a big thing, not an arm, not a leg. Just move the finger a little bit to let me know that you're there. I was asking for a sign. Well, that statue never moved. But I grew on from that experience, and here I am, a Catholic priest now for almost 43 years. So one thing I've learned, uh, I have to say, is I, I don't ask for signs. Uh, I don't look for what I want. I would say, you know, Lord, you just lead me where you want to go. When you want to give me a sign, it's up to you. When you want to determine what that sign is, I'll leave it up to you. But I don't want to put you to the test. I don't want you to march to my tune or, you know, kind of uh, dance to my uh, music. So I will let you guide me as you feel, as you want. Um, You know, just because I want the statue to move doesn't mean you're going to make that happen. So I would say, you know, you had those beautiful words of surrender. So surrender and asking for a sign, those things don't go together. We either surrender or we don't. So you have a court case coming up, fine. Um, all you can do, all you would, all you want to do is just ask for the Lord for the grace and the courage and the wisdom that you need at that moment, and then uh, you wait for that moment to come. He doesn't really give the grace before you need it, so the grace will come at the moment um, that it is required. So just pray and ask for it, and just leave it at that. But don't put the Lord to test. Don't ask Him to, you know, move the statue or to produce a sign that you have determined what it is. Uh, we really, When we say surrender, that means surrender. We place ourselves in his presence, and we're going to go in the, pla- in the place that he wants us to go. I hope, that, I hope that helps. Yeah, Nancy, that's such a great question, and I think Father David just brings uh, to the surface here the, the, uh, the reality of trust. Yeah, <laughs> that that trusting, believing, and knowing, and trusting that God is there, that He is listening to us. Maybe He's not saying anything. Maybe we're not getting, as you point out, and I think as Nancy's pointing out, what I want at the moment. But trusting that God is with us in that moment, and even uh, down the road, uh, you know, whenever um, she uh, walks into that courtroom. Yeah, I mean. We don't. We normally don't get the grace ahead of time. We get it at the moment that we need it. Yeah, 
And, and then, you know, I wonder sometimes, uh, too, uh, Father Dave, uh, just recognizing what's going on, the honesty of uh, Nancy's phone call and uh, wanting the sign, but also just recognizing that, that maybe right now it is about trusting and maybe it is uh, not about what I want right now. But then to, to get into that courtroom and then look back and realize how God has been with her through it all. Uh, hopefully Nancy will be wonderfully surprised at how well everything goes. Yeah. Nancy, uh, thank you for the call. We appreciate that. Let's head to uh, Chicago. Agnes is listening there. Hello, Agnes. Uh, thanks for the call. You're on the air with Father Dave Heaney. Yes, yes. Thank you for your ministry. It's just absolutely awesome. But I wanted to share about my adoration experiences and living in Chicago and traveling around, working at community health. I had the advantage of having so many um, chapels available to me. And then, of course, with the pandemic, it closed down, and then being over 65, and then being essentially partially homebound, I really missed that adoration. And I thought, how am I going to supplement this? What am I going to do? And I thought of different ways and praying about it. And I came across um, a book called How to Meditate. It's written by Father John Rotan. It was uh, written in 1853. And so putting a picture of the Holy Eucharist, you know, like on my little shrine table, and then thinking about uh, reading this book and uh, realizing I had to develop a discipline in my life because my life had changed with the pandemic. And my spirituality, I wanted it to grow. So I started reading this book by him. And again, it was written in 1853. It's still in print. It's Ignatian Spirituality. He was a 21st general of the Society of Jesus and actually was influential in bringing all the missions here to the United States. He was an extraordinary man. He increased their numbers to over 5,000. So anyway, this book was suggested by a Dutch Jesuit. And reading it, uh, it really helped me in terms of forming a discipline of prayer and meditation during this time And I thought, well, before, when I was going to adoration, I would just walk in and then just spontaneously develop prayers and then say my rosary. And I realized that with discipline, it it was also helpful because you need diversity in your prayer life. So reading this little book and helping, it was formulating the plan. It's it's very simple. I think it's about 50 pages, but it really helped me in terms of a discipline and a sincerity and realizing that I really need to thank God more for what he's done for me, that I go in with the attitude for adoration, that I really have to open up my heart in terms of thanksgiving and then realizing that he's alone, and he's alone in the tabernacle, and sometimes nobody's there to visit him. So to come with the attitude of of prayer, thanksgiving, it it has really helped me in terms of my um, communication with the Lord, not that I'm experiencing locutions, visions or anything of that nature, but um, it's an assurance that what I believe is true. And also, I get a sense of his real love for me. So I think it's reaching out in the sense of going in with the sense of thanksgiving, that you can, you've got to be creative, and maybe on your iPhone or whatever, you've got a picture of the Blessed Sacrament, but to focus on that and maybe have a certain time of the day, maybe 10 or 15 minutes, because in this book, How to Meditate, that's what he's focusing on, that really you only need 10 to 15 minutes, but you maybe need to plan the day before what you're going to meditate on. So to use that as part of adoration and hopefully 
you know, some of these chapels will open again. Um, but I think of the persecuted Christians, that they had a sense of adoration towards their Lord. And I'm sure they had creative ways, and they didn't have iPhones and computers and everything. So where there's a will, there's a way. And again, having a discipline with my adoration has enriched my spiritual life, and that's essentially what I wanted to share and to recommend this little book. Um, again, it's in print. You can get it. But it's very, very helpful. Wow, that's a very rich uh, message, uh, Agnes. Thank you for uh, for sharing. Really, uh, there's a lot going on in what you said. And uh, I took away uh, several things. And first is that beautiful idea of thanksgiving. Uh, not so much asking the Lord for anything, but just coming in and expressing gratitude, appreciation, adoration. These are all expressions that we make to the Lord as opposed to, you know, kind of waiting for Him to speak to us. So um, Thanksgiving is uh, gratitude. Uh, it just does wonders for our soul as we express those beautiful virtues to our Lord. I love how you talked about creativity. Uh, you know, if this door is closed because of the pandemic, you try to figure something else out. That's that's a beautiful way of approaching uh, life to adapt and overcome uh, obstacles, to not just uh, stare at the closed door, but to, you know, try to find some other way of, of expressing your spirituality. So Thanksgiving and creativity. And I think good old-fashioned planning, the discipline that you talked about, that you think about the day before, what time the next day uh, you're going to spend in, in prayer. So yeah. it's much more likely the next day that you'll actually do it because uh, because you plan for it. Um, but one last thing I'll say, Agnes, is uh, this is uh, really important. You have taken the time to do spiritual reading. And, you know, whether it was these classics that you mentioned, the 1853 book or the others that you mentioned, all of those things are nourishment. Uh, those are those are bringing in new insights and, and new ideas um, and new ways of thinking uh, and other angles about our spiritual life that nourish and, and enrich your, your spiritual life. Uh, you know, a sailboat can only go so far with one gust of wind. It needs another gust of wind to keep it going. And that's what spiritual reading is. It kind of gives us a new energy, new insights, new ideas to kind of uh, knock around in our head and to think about. So uh, all these things are great spiritual practices, uh, Agnes. Thanksgiving, being yeah. creative, discipline and planning, and spiritual reading. And all of those are going to be, are just going to really be a, very, a really great blessing for you. And thanks for yeah. sharing all of that today. Yeah, Agnes, uh, indeed, thank you for joining us on the program today. Father Dave Haney is our spiritual director talking today about Eucharistic adoration. What's been your experience of adoration? How has it made a difference in your life? If you'd like to share the story, we invite you to join us on The Inner Life today. It's a toll-free phone number, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We will uh, get to some more phone calls uh, with uh, Father Dave Haney. Stay with us. You're listening to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us inner life at relevantradio.com this is the inner life on relevant radio 
Father Dave Haney, our spiritual director on The Inner Life today. Father Dave, one of our regular contributors, a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, pastor of St. Bruno Catholic Church in Whittier, California. Always like to mention his latest book, Luke 10 Leadership, How to Succeed in Parish Ministry, a book on parish leadership, and that published by Ave Maria Press, uh, talking today about Eucharistic adoration. Your experience of Eucharistic adoration, we'll get to some more phone calls here real quick. Just to remind Reminder uh, and, and just a heartfelt thank you again. Uh, our pledge drive last week, uh, almost 14,000 of you said yes to our uh, request for a donation and um, still counting, but more than $2.8 million from you to keep us operating wherever you are, oper- wherever you're listening today. But uh, thank you, a heartfelt thank you from all of us at Relevant Radio. By the way, still not too late to donate. We can always use it and you can call 877-291-0123. Also online at relevantradio.com and on the Relevant Radio app and um, Lent. A week and a half away, and we want to help you on your Lenten journey. Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, all available uh, for you. All you have to do is sign up, and you'll receive a daily email where Father will walk you through the different parts of the Mass. And in each Lenten lesson, you can read or listen to Father Rocky giving a detailed explanation of a certain part of the beautiful liturgy. You're also going to receive a daily bonus video uh, that goes along with each Lenten lesson. And Father Rocky will give you a behind-the-scenes, more detailed look at the different parts of the Mass. First Lenten lesson will be sent out on Ash Wednesday, February 17th, a week and a half. Uh, so sign up now. All you have to do is click on the banner on the Relevant Radio app or on the website at relevantradio.com. So, Father Dave, let's uh, head back to the phones. And uh, where are we? Mary. <laughs> I've gotten lost here to so many phone calls. Mary, listening in Dripping Springs, Texas, one of my favorite cities. Welcome to the program today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, talking about adoration, I could go on and on and on, but I'll make it short. <laughs> uh, I have a Ruth uh, meditation book that was written by uh, St. Mother Jesus of Calcutta before she uh, became a saint. But uh, her meditation uh, on the sorrowful mysteries, on the first mysteries of the agony in the garden, she wrote, um, she wrote, Then an angel brought Jesus incredible strength and consolation by showing him every holy hour that you would ever make. At that moment in the garden, Jesus saw you praying before him now, and he knew that his love would be returned. This is why your visit today is so important to him. Your holy hour consoles him for those who do not love him and wins countless graces for many to be converted to him. And that has touched me every time I go to adoration, and we're fortunate enough to be able to go to adoration. Uh, but I wanted to share this with everyone. And one, one other thing, and then I'll let you comment, is uh, for Nancy, when I go to adoration this afternoon, I will be praying for her, for God's grace oh, to come. Beautiful, Mary. Very, very generous of you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for sharing the story of Mother Teresa as well. You know, Mother Teresa was world famous for a life of action, a life of behavior. She was famous for going out, spending the entire day roaming the streets of Calcutta and bringing in the dead, bringing in the dying and and those who were just the most seriously ill of all. What a life of action. And yet, and she attracted so many young women to her order. And yet she, she would not allow any of her order or herself 
leave the convent to do all that great work in Calcutta until they had made, they had morning mass and an hour of adoration. Because, you know, all of those behaviors that she did in the streets of Calcutta to her would not make sense unless she had first begun with connecting with our Lord, especially in the Eucharist. So our Mother Teresa, famous for a life of tremendous activity and action, began each day uh, with that spiritual engine that happens in uh, with Mass and, and adoration. So thanks for yeah. reminding all of us of this beautiful saint. Yeah, thank you, Mary. Let's uh, take another phone call. Monique, uh, listening in Mound, Minnesota. Thank you for the call, and welcome. You're on the air with Father Dave Heaney. Well, thank you, Father, and uh, I am so excited to be on the air with you about Eucharistic Adoration. It is my absolute favorite time, so let me tell you how God told me about it. I didn't even know what it was. And that was back in 2000, in the year 2000, over 21 years ago. I um, I attend daily Mass, and uh, the Lord spoke to me after Mass and said, um, one more thing. And I said, what, Lord? He said, you Christian adoration. I said, what is that? I had no clue what it was. I had been back at the Catholic Church for a year, born and raised Catholic, now a daily church goer. And so I figured, well, it has to do with the church somehow. So I called the office, and they said, oh, we have a Tuesday from 4 till 9, which hour do you want to take? Well, I don't know what I'm taking, <laughs> so I said 4 till 9. And there was silence on the phone, and I thought, Oops, I made a mistake. I'm not allowed. I do something. I'm asking for something I'm not allowed. And I said, am I not allowed? And they said, no, it's okay. You can do five hours. Just nobody ever wanted to do five hours. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'll figure out what it is. So I get uh, led to the, it's called the St. Charles of Paul Chapel. And on Tuesday then I'm there. I show up at four o'clock. And I'm like, wow, we get to sit in front of the Lord. Can I tell people about it? There were six people that attended because I'm there for five hours, so I know, and I was the seventh person. So they said, yeah, go right ahead, tell people about it. So being a promoter and loving Jesus, I got 21 people in three weeks, okay? Wow. So I go to the deacon, and I said, Deacon Tim, we have now 21 people in Eucharistic Adoration. He goes, in a very stern voice, the Lord will release you into a different ministry when you have 200. Well, by that time, I figured 200, that's perpetual, so I got to be a little bit more active and get more people to come. And, well, you know, things happen when you get really excited and the devil kind of tries to knock you off your feet, right? So instead of getting more hours, the hours were cut down to three hours to get rid of me. This is not a joke. This is true. And I begged them, please don't cut down the Eucharistic Adoration hours. They did. That's what happened afterwards. 9-11 happened. So again, it was on a Tuesday. I begged them, can we open up the hours? Can we have more hours? And so they opened it up at noon. And then after that, it was uh, increased to six hours. And then it was increased again and again. But the, the devil really wants to try to stop Eucharistic adoration. I just mm-hmm. want to tell you that. So in 2017, my hours were cut again. And I said, please don't cut down my hours. And they were cut. And by that time, we have now three days and, you know, 12, eight hours a day or 12 hours a day, whatever. And so my time was cut. So the Lord said to me, I would like you to go down to the cathedral. They have 24 hours down there. 
And it's 45 minutes, you know, from the Cathedral of St. Paul. I'm going, okay, I'm just going to spend the night there because the next day I have to work. So I'm just, all right, but a little bit before one. And I thought there were going to be 20, 30, 40 people in there. There's like a handful. I'm like, oh, Lord, you're so alone. I'm so sorry. So I thought, I'm just going to write to Archbishop Hepta uh, a note, you know, what God shows me. And so I sat there in the pew, and at 4 in the morning, I thought, okay, I should get ready for confession. And so 5.30, I'm ready to go to confession. I have my letter. I don't know who to give it to. Well, I'm just going to do my confession. I walk in, and I said, what's your name, Father? Archbishop Hebda. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I was, I froze. And so he goes again, Archbishop Hebda. I'm like, oh, I, I wrote this out there for you. And can I give it to you? And then can I have a talk with you after confession? We had a half an hour conversation. And it was a totally God-inspired uh, meeting. He met me. I mean, he seen me periodically. And what you just said before about the hour of Eucharistic adoration after every Mass, like Mother Teresa did, I've been asking for that for 20 years. Can you just put that on the air? Because God will change the world, not just America, that world, if every parish has one hour of Eucharistic adoration right after Mass. Well, Monique, consider it put on the air because you just said it in a very beautiful way, you know, uh, thank you for your devotion. Thank you for your uh, persistence. It sounds like you've had a really a long, wonderful relationship with adoration. Sometimes that's been respected by others in your parish, sometimes not. But you have remained faithful, and it leads up to this beautiful connection with uh, Archbishop Hebda. Um, and uh, it sounds like things are going to look good in the future. So <laughs> thank you for your devotion, especially your persistence. And your example, you're uh, an inspiration, and I'm glad that you shared that message. And I think everybody's heard that now, that the importance of, uh, yeah. of adoration right after Mass. Yeah, Monique, a great story. Thanks for joining us. And she brings up such a, a, a good point, and I think she's probably right. If every Catholic church in the world had an hour of adoration after Mass, it would change the world. I think the point uh, to make here, uh, Father Dave, is adoration can change our world can change my world when we take time to to pray in front of the blessed sacrament and you just have to you just have to experience it it's you know we, we can talk about it we can theorize about it but uh, if you can find an adoration chapel in your community go there and just uh, try it for yourself i think you'll like the quiet i think you'll like the meditation and i think you'll like the experience that our lord designed to impact us in a very powerful and spiritual way yeah. Monique, thanks again. A pleasure to have you on the program today. Father Dave Heaney, our spiritual director. Sorry we can't get to the rest of our phone calls. Just running out of time today. Father Dave, as you know, we'd like to close uh, this hour with a final blessing for all of our listeners. And let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who shows himself to us in the powerful form of the Eucharist. May our time in adoration be a blessing on us and on our families. We ask this humbly through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father Dave Heaney, a pleasure. Uh, great to have you on the program today. Love talking about Eucharistic adoration. If you uh, joined us late, uh, download the podcast and uh, see what everybody had to say about Eucharistic adoration today. Thanks again to Father Dave. Thanks uh, to all of you for joining us. It's always a pleasure to spend time with you on The Inner Life. Stay tuned. We are celebrating Mass in less than 60 seconds. 1230 Central, The Faith Explained with Cale Clark. And we're back tomorrow. Hope to see you then.